Welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through in the hospitality industry. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen. During recent months, coronavirus has threatened and changed businesses across the country and the globe. With stay-at-home orders, new safety regulations, and a changing, in some cases dwindling, market, it is critical that businesses adapt and sometimes pivot. We can do this by shifting traditional business practices and management styles to conform to today's market. Today, I am going to outline several ways in which businesses can remain relevant and provide some management tips to help any business of any size succeed. One of the first steps we should take if we haven't already is to reduce the physical interaction and provide flexibility. Now, listen, when I talk about providing a reduced physical interaction um, and the ability to work more remotely, I'm not just saying this because perhaps government orders require so, but because it is the right thing to do. With the risks involved with group interactions and physical contact, business meetings and activities need to be kept to a minimum. Obviously, a good alternative uh, that a lot of us are used to is to do this over the internet, whether that's through Zoom, Google Hangouts, uh, you know, all these different platforms to, to meet with, WebEx, etc., this way, any briefing can still be achieved without the need for actual physical interaction. And for crying out loud, when it comes to meetings, please, 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 please keep these meetings short and sweet and only have them after, have a meeting after an agenda and pre-work has been completed by participants. No meeting, as research has proven time and time again, no meeting should ever, ever be a working meeting. They are unproductive and no one benefits from this, including the business. If anything, it causes low morale and really does the opposite of which we think meetings are designed to do. In the same way, you should also try to allow as many employees to work remotely as possible. Some individuals actually work better from home anyway. You know, there's less distractions, less people knocking on our doors, coming into our cubicles, hanging out in the break room, being unproductive and taking multiple unnecessary breaks. Outside of that, research has proven time and time again that working from home is, is, uh, produces a lot more productivity with employees than if we are in the workplace with multiple distractions. You know, a study out of the University of Michigan has shown that we are distracted on average every nine minutes. Every nine minutes we are distracted. And once we are distracted, it takes us about on average 22 minutes to get back into the tasks in which we were working on. That is uh, a really high cost of productivity right there. So it's, it's beneficial to allow these employees to work remote and to continue to do so, not only for a safer environment and to protect your overall health and wellness, 
but it also allows employees such flexibility as they are trying to restructure and maintain their home lives as well. You know, some of your employees have certain health requirements or children who are learning completely online from the K through 12 standpoint and even college students being fully online. And so this balance and it's delicate needs to be handled carefully. So the next um, thing I would say is that we need to be transparent and stay online. And so for all of you business leaders and executives that might be listening in, uh, remember, honesty is the best policy. I don't care what politicians you follow or don't follow. Honesty, when it comes to the business place, is the best policy. You have got to give your employees and customers the opportunity to sympathize with your brand. Rise to the occasion by being honest about any changes or issues that your business is facing. If people trust your brand, they will likely be glad to do whatever it takes to help keep you afloat. And, you know, there, there's many different techniques you can do this, whether that's through email communications and, and video calls, um, email blasts, etc. You know, one of the things that I find most disturbing in the restaurant industry as I go to a restaurant, the protocols and the process is constantly changing. You know, one day I'm told to go to the bar and order the food, but then I go back literally the next day and it says, no, you have to stand outside and go order from that person. And then you go back a week later and you're ordering from a whole different process where you have to scan a QR code. It is so confusing that the consumer simply just avoids it because there is no consistency. Consumers want you to be honest and they want consistency. Don't keep trying to change things up so dramatically to where it confuses the customer because they will either go elsewhere or simply just stop doing business with you altogether. In addition to being honest and forthright with your customer base, you need to increase your online presence more than ever. If you don't have experience in working with social media and understanding how Twitter, LinkedIn, and even Facebook ad campaigns work and how to use Google Analytics, it's time that you figure it out. Whether that means you look for a perhaps marketing college student to assist you and perhaps conduct an internship uh, with your company, or that means you yourself need to take some learning from LinkedIn learning, for example, or go to YouTube and figure it out, that is what has to be done. You have to advertise, promote, and distribute through online platforms to stay relevant and ahead of your competition. You should also be checking what the market is doing in your local area and what your competitors are regularly doing since the online market is such a rapidly changing environment. We talk about this in strategic management. You have to know what your customers are doing. Listen, we have to expect the worst, okay? Even though some parts of the country and the world are seeing a decreasing number of cases and things at least today seem to be getting better, except in California, we're told that there may be a second wave coming here soon. You should employ long-term strategies because there's so many unknowns. You need to manage your business as if things will not return to normal because we just don't know if 
normality is coming anytime soon. This way, you will not just be dealing with strategies that were not meant to be employed permanently long after they were projected to end. You know, this is a good policy under any circumstance, but especially when the market climate resides in such an unknown state, you must expect the worst. This is also important when it comes to employee retention. Be sure to plan for long-term changes so that you can retain as many employees as possible through the trials of the coronavirus. Keeping employees that know your business and have worked through the rough stuff will help you in the long run if and when things get back to normal. They will be there to continue to fight the battle. Long-term employees are an invaluable resource and will always improve the equity of your business. We have to maintain our employees today because when this thing turns around and it becomes an employee-friendly market, as it always does, those employees will jump ship and go elsewhere if you are not treating them right. Which then leads me to my, I guess, five tips of, um, of business management tips that you need to succeed. And when it comes to business management, there are a variety of methods and styles that can help businesses succeed. There are, however, there's a few things to be wary of. There are also approaches in our management style that can help allow a business to grow and flourish. So let's take a look at uh, five of these areas, starting with number one, and that is we have to have a written business management plan. As with any goal, your business management plan should be meticulous and written down. It might seem like a no-brainer, but many people in management fail to put their plans into writing. Keeping a written plan reduces the chaos and it helps keep the business organized. It also provides a clear direction as your business grows and changes. And, and having a written plan also allows you to keep employees on the same page with little confusion. I kind of equate this to um, our personal goals, right? Like when, when January 1st rolls around and perhaps we say, you know, I want to gain uh, five pounds of muscle mass and lose 10 pounds of fat. Well, if I'm not writing it as a smart goal and writing it down and checking in and seeing it every day where that goal is specific, measurable, attainable, right? Timely. I'm not going to be able to achieve it. It needs to be written down. It's important that you remain willing to change the plan because the market shifts and so as your market grows and your competition changes, your plan can quickly become outdated. So it's okay to revise the written plan, to revise your goals. Keeping up on your market and staying flexible is crucial to running a business. This is, my friends, strategic management at its core. Knowing how the external threats and opportunities can be used to offset your internal weaknesses and increase 
your business business strengths. Inevitably, inevitably, things that will come up are going to require your mental and financial focus. So be sure to allow yourself the room to tackle these things as they come. Number two for a business management tip here is quite simple, and that is do not fall victim to pride. You know, Ryan Holiday has a wonderful book called Ego is the Enemy. It's a very stoic and uh, philosophical and the stoic approach of how we view and act as uh, philosophers in the stoic philosophy. Don't fall victim to pride. Don't let your ego get in the way. And although autocratic management can be sometimes the most effective form of management, as long as it's deployed correctly, you have to keep an open mind and leave your lines of communication open. Listening to the ideas and grievances of your employees can create a lot of growth and development in your business. Giving employees a voice can also boost morale and decrease your employees' turnover. After all, the Starbucks Frappuccino was invented by a frontline hourly manager who had the empowerment to play around with the syrups and the drinks and eventually invent a multi-million dollar product. Allow your employees this freedom. The third is delegate. One of the hardest things to do as a manager is to let go some of the tasks and to let your employees do them. And although it can be difficult, delegating projects or duties can let you focus on key tasks that will help keep your business running. And for the long run in particular. So keep in mind also that micromanagement will lead to low morale and a lack of ambition among your employees. Micromanagement, folks, does not work. Micromanagement does just the opposite. And I always argue from a HR consultancy basis that if you have a manager who is micromanaging, why do they have employees? What is the point? Save yourself some money and get rid of the employee. And that sounds harsh, but at the end of the day, if you are micromanaging and, and, and telling the employee how to do their job rather than allowing them the flexibility and creativity to do it themselves, you are doing the job for them and thus you are wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars each year. So don't micromanage. Allow the flexibility. Delegate with that delicate balance. The fourth tip that I have for management is to keep a diligent record. As we say in human resources, document, document, document. If it's not written down, it never happened. It doesn't exist. If it's not written down, no workers' comp judge, no uh, attorney, nobody, a jury is going to believe it ever occurred. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So you have to keep a diligent record. It is helpful 
to just think of these records as a business journal. It could be as informal as a notebook or as three by five index cards. Having a system that will keep track of the business events throughout the day and the week and your finances and scheduling and any other business-related items is going to help you in the long run. It helps give you clear directives to your employees when it is time to make a decision or even a change in the business. When you write it down and you have a diligent record, it forces your brain to connect with a pen to paper to really critically analyze and think through the complex business problems we have today and to see it as a whole and to make a decision that is most beneficial with the delicate balance of all stakeholders involved. The last and final business tip that I have is to stay online. Stay online. With the market as it is today, the internet serves as a powerhouse for commerce. Not only is it extremely handy when it comes to ordering, etc., but it is the, also the primary way by which people get advertising for their business and recognition for their products. It is nearly impossible to get your business off the ground without taking advantage of the internet in every way possible. And whether you're just starting out your new business, which quick footnote, most businesses are, uh, they begin during an economic turndown, such as Lyft. Uh, they're one of the examples, and I believe we work as well. Beefing up your online presence is going to help benefit and simplify your business and, and help grow and maintain it. Relearning your business and remaining relevant through the pandemic can be an overwhelming mountain to climb if you expect to do it alone. So you need to ask for help. You might be surprised how many people are willing to help you from a pro bono standpoint or with just a little training on your own, whether that's using your resources available at your fingertips, getting help is going to go a long way. You will find that the task of restructuring and maintaining effective management is to be really a simple and empowering experience. Refocusing your organizational goals or finding the need to pivot is something that great businesses do, both in high and low economic times. This is what we call strategic planning. Are you doing it? If you are a student in college today, do you have a strategic plan that's looking one to two years out? And I know that sounds really, really far out, but are you networking today? Do you have a plan to make connections with industry partners and leaders that will help partner with you? That if you are looking for a job in the hospitality industry, that we are networking and, and talking to those employees that are currently working or even those executives that have been furloughed or laid off. Are we getting to network and get to know those people? Come up with a plan. Through strategic planning, businesses can protect themselves from their own weaknesses 
and utilize the external threats and opportunities to ensure a sustained and profitable business for years to come. It is that simple. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can simply post your questions and thoughts on my LinkedIn page, YouTube, Twitter, or even Facebook. Also, this show, although we are streaming live, is also available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Pandora, the list goes on. You can also come on over to my website, Inospire.com. That is Inospire.com, where you can download prior shows and read some relevant articles that may be applicable to you as well as get some free training, which is exciting. So with that, thank you for joining. Uh, Truly do appreciate it. And of course, we hope to see you next time. I'm Dr. Giffen, and we'll see you later.